Welcome to episode 14 of Defenders of the Bank with your boy, Philly. But I don't have a scarf with me. Scarf is currently roaming the streets of Peru, Lima to be precise, with a group of middle schoolers. I can't really say I envy him right now. I am much happier sitting here in Phila Monster Studios giving you episode 14. But Philly is not alone. With me to my right is the panda and to the left, Scarfette. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Oh, we've got some adorable females in the studio today. Depending on how they do Scarfy, you might be out of a job. <laughs> But anyway, I'm just kidding. We love you, Scarf. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to cover the usual topics. Of course, we're going to go over our birthdays. We're going to cover the most popular segment these days, This Day in LAFC History. We're going to talk about our post-game in Real Salt Lake. We're going to give you an update on the LAFC players that are on international duty right now. Back by popular demand, next topic we're going to talk about is our Wait What segment of the show. We're going to hear from the panda about her 26.2-mile journey through the streets of L.A. today for the L.A. Marathon. We want to briefly discuss LAFC fan Matt Siner. We're going to get into more details about him later on in the show. And, of course, I want to give you some watch party details for the San Jose game that's going to be happening next week. But first, before we really begin, since I am introducing two new co-hosts to Defenders of the Bank today, I want them to introduce themselves and tell our listening audience a little bit about them. So, Panda, why don't we start with you? Panda, say hi to the audience and tell them a little bit about you. Well, hello, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. I know they've talked about this moment for a little bit because we knew JR was going to be heading to Peru and they needed some co-hosts to fill in. So who better than us? We've heard this podcast from day one and we absolutely love everything that they've been doing. So to be a part of it has been uh, truly an honor. So I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, hearing our perspective of the game, a little bit about us and on our impact put on some other things. So about me, I am the wife to Philly, who you all know very well. Yes, I I took the plunge and committed myself to him. Sucker. (laughs) For for life, yes. Till death do you part, (laughs) doll. So lucky. You're so lucky. (laughs) You're so sarcastic and I love it. (laughs) So uh, just a real brief synopsis about me and my life. I, uh, I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up playing sports, loving sports, playing them, but Honestly, I did not grow up a huge soccer fan in the the Midwest. I went to a school that was super small and did not have a soccer team. So it wasn't anything that I really got into until I actually met Philly. He, He introduced me to the 2014 World Cup. So as a way to kind of impress him, as silly as that sounds, I decided that, hey, I need to follow the sport. I need to find out what's going on. And fell in love with just the the beauty of the game. There's so much more to it than I think a lot of people give it credit for. So I'm really glad that I uh, I was opened up to that and given the opportunity to kind of see it. And uh, he really explained a lot to me to kind of help me understand it. So why don't you tell the fans who your favorite squad is? <laughs> 
You might alienate some people here, but you also might make some fans. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's the fun part about this is at the end of the day, we're all fans of this game. So I don't think I'll alienate anybody. We're just going to have some fun rivalries, maybe meet up at some bars and, you know, cheer on our teams together. So I'm an Arsenal fan. Boo. I'm a gunner. Sorry. Boo. Gary Gold might be happy about this. That's right. See, the, the people know. I know there's a few luckies out there as well that are big gunner fans. So shout out to them. So anyways, a little bit more about me. We'll, we'll, we'll get away from that for a bit uh, so as to not anger anybody out there. I am uh, currently a registered nurse here in L.A. at Cedars-Sinai. I work in surgery. Works for me. I'm a hypochondriac. That's right. I have to talk them off the ledge about once every few days. I once called her on the phone and said, I think I have diabetes. And he did not have diabetes. In fact, I think he just was dehydrated, to be honest. So <laughs> anyway. It's all that alcohol. <laughs> it's, hung over. Yeah, you're right. It's probably all the drinking. I'm not going to lie. All the Julius Peppers. All oh, the Julius God, Peppers. God, that guy again. Anyway, so I, uh, I'm a nurse, and before that, I actually received my nursing degree uh, while I was serving in the Army. That's right, kids. I am a 15-year combat veteran with the United States Army. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your support. I uh, absolutely loved every part of my life when I was in the military. I spent a year overseas, 2005-2006, in Iraq. And I would not change any of that for the world. So shout out to all of our veterans out there that might be listening. Uh, I know exactly what a lot of you went through. Most of you probably went through far more than I did. And I really salute all of you that are out there listening. I know we're actually in the process of uh, possibly starting, I think, a LAFC veteran supporters group. So I know there's some talk about that. And I think that's really cool. I hope that we can all really get behind that and... Yeah, so in a nutshell, that's me, Midwest girl, loves to watch, play all sports at this point in my life, a nurse currently, combat veteran, and married to Philly. Not to mention a marathoner who happened to run the LA Marathon today, March 24th. I got that right, right? March yes, 24th. Yes. Okay, good. I haven't forgotten. So, yes. Aren't yes. I the one that's supposed to not know what's going on here, considering would, I just ran 26.2 miles? The scarf would want me to point out that you ran that without anyone chasing you. That, <laughs> that, that is true. But I always say when people say that, just be glad I'm not the one chasing you because I train pretty hard for these races. Oh, and I'm going to leave it with one more note. You never want to piss this girl off because she can shoot the tick off of a deer's back from 100 yards away. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she has marksmanship awards. The only thing that she needs to do to further emasculate me is to buy a Harley and for me to like hold on to her from the back. So that is the panda, ladies and gentlemen. She will be sporting her number 10 panda jersey standing right next to Philly and the scarf. But that's the panda. We have one more host. In the audience, not in the audience, in the studio today, <laughs> we have Scarfette. Scarfette, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm the Scarfette or Scarfette. I'm JR's girlfriend. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I think Philly's the only one who misses JR more than I do at the moment. <laughs> I totally believe that. The panda and I. There's so much estrogen in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a born and raised Angelino. I've lived here my whole life. 
prior to LAFC, I was a diehard soccer fan. I've always loved soccer, grew up with the sport, refereed, coached, did everything mm. I could. I worked for a soccer team for a while, took them into the NPSL, which is fourth division. Awesome. Love soccer. And more than that, I love soccer stats. I'm kind of a nerd, just like the scarf. That's <laughs> why it works, folks. Match made in nerd heaven. I don't have a preferred European team. I'm just a fan of good soccer. That said, I am an outlaw. I support Ooh. our national teams 100%. Love to follow them, men's and women's, and every age group they're in. For work, I am not a nurse. I don't like blood. I don't like anything that has to do with needles. I don't have the tolerance, patience, or ability to do any of the amazing things that nurses and doctors do for us every single day. I do, however, work for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Santa Monica. Yay. That's amazing. So like the scarf, I work with children, and I love it. That's pretty amazing, to be honest. I mean, I think it takes all kinds of people to make this world go around. And as much as I love what I do, I don't know if I could do what you do, to be honest. You know what's really adorable? I mean, there's some things I just learned about Scarfette today that I didn't know. And as much as I hang out with Scarf, Scarfette's usually there. So I hang out with Scarfette just as much as I hang out with the Scarf. And she does the same exact thing as our beloved Scarf does. And she refers to the game as soccer. It's adorable. It's football. <laughs> I'm just going to refer to it as the game. Oh, yes. You can refer to it as the beautiful game. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm already having a blast. We're nine minutes into this. You guys wanted a longer episode. You kept complaining that 30 or so minutes weren't enough. We're going to give you that episode. We're going to give you the sponsors. We're going to give you everything back by popular demand. Welcome to Scarfette. Welcome to the Panda. And we're going to get into our podcast right now. And the first topic of discussion today, yes... No, I was just going to say, everybody wanted a longer episode, and you know how much women love to talk, so you guys are going to get an earful today, so I hope you guys have a longer than normal commute, because we have a lot to say, and I hope you really enjoy it. I don't know what I just signed up for. I'm I'm terrified at this point. Like I said, there's an awful lot of estrogen in the room, and I am overpowered by this. So, ladies and gentlemen... Let's begin. So the first topic that we're going to get into right now is the birthdays. And Philly usually takes care of that segment. So let's get right into it. Happy 43rd birthday to Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning. Yes, the son of Archie Manning turns 43 years old today. I can't believe Peyton is 43. I love Peyton Manning. I'm an Indiana girl. So hey, that was a perfect birthday for me, Philly. Thank you. I like this brother better being a New Yorker. I'm more about Eli. Yeah, cue the booze, whatever. But yes, happy 43rd birthday to Peyton Manning. God, I'm I'm already getting him anyway. (laughs) Moving up next on the list, Chris Bosh, former Toronto Raptor, and of course, NBA champion with the Miami Heat. Chris Bosh turns 35 years old today. Now, you know I love me the wrestling. I love me the WWE. I love me Ring of Honor. I love all that stuff. And I wanted to give a shout out to... Mark Calloway, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Calloway, in case you don't know and follow the WWE as closely as Philly, the Philomonster does, which Philomonster probably would be my WWE name. Happy 54th birthday to The Undertaker. Bong! The Undertaker turns 54 from Death Valley. That guy is immortal. Nothing could kill him. Happy 54th birthday to you, Mark. Death Valley is literally my favorite place in the world. That just made me super happy. That just made me super creeped out that Death Valley (laughs) is your favorite place in the world. My absolute favorite place in the world. All right. So if if the scarf disappears, ladies and gentlemen, you know who did it. It wasn't wasn't me. 
just a nice little segue from that. I'm addicted to true crime murder podcast. So I really feel like the scarf and Philly, their days might be numbered. I swear to God, guys, he's in Peru. <laughs> Again, if we disappear and all of a sudden Defenders of the Bank happens to go through a transition where it's Defenders of the Bank with Panda and the Scarfette and you hear nothing from Philly or the Scarf, now you know who did it. It's I'm 10 really days. He'll be out. back in 10 days. I'm, I'm unbelievably creeped out at this point. <laughs> or so you say. <laughs> Clearly, we're having a lot of fun. Yay, Sunday fun day. But yeah, a, little mo- a couple more birthdays. JR, the scarf, likes to bring out the nerd. I am not going to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him a Star Trek or a Star Wars reference because to my knowledge, there aren't any of those birthdays because I scoured the internet. But happy birthday to Harry Houdini. Yes, Harry Houdini, the magician of the escapes, the escape artist extraordinaire, had a birthday today. He probably would have been 1,037 at this point. Very, very old. Happy birthday to Harry Houdini. And you're probably going to be listening to this episode. It is currently being recorded on Sunday, March the 24th, but by the time I'm done editing it, and by the time you are starting to listen to it, it will be March the 25th. I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite people in the LAFC family. He happened to be a guest on Defenders of the Bank. El Catrin Muerto has his birthday tomorrow on Monday. If you see him, wish him a happy birthday. I am going to post something, rather my Director of social media, the Panda, is going to post something for him. He is an unbelievable individual, one of my favorite people within the LAFC family, one of the most recognizable figures, has his birthday. Do not forget to wish him a birthday. He is such an integral part of this family. Now, with that being said, since he normally does it, I'm going to transition the next segment over to Scarfette for this day in LAFC history. All right, guys, this is Scarfette here. One year ago today, Djakovic and Kay both started for Canada's men's national team. Djakovic was the captain, and he had the assist in the game-winning goal over New Zealand. The game ended 1-0, so it was a great win for those boys. This weekend, also one year ago, LAFC Academy faced off against that Carson team, Carson Galaxy Academy, one week before the first El Trafico. LAFC went undefeated in our four games, the 3252 were out there supporting our boys, and our U14s crushed it with a 5 0 victory. Awesome. And that was this day in LAFC history. So now we're going to move on to I segment. Have one more. Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. That was really rude of me. I prematurely <laughs> transitioned. That seems to be a problem with men at an older age. They prematurely do things that they're not supposed to do. So, Scarfette, I'm sorry to interrupt you. What did you have to say? I have one more. This one's a little bit of a throwback. March 24th, 2016, John Thorrington reflected on what he called the first competitive game in LAFC history. You might be thinking, LAFC didn't play in 2016. We didn't have a team. We did. The Thursday morning prior, our U12 teams played off in the 7v7 Generation Adidas Cup in Frisco, Texas. It was noted that this is the first tangible marker in LAFC's progression from a brand name to a living, breathing soccer team. I'm kind of flabbergasted at this point because I'm learning things that I didn't know about. And clearly, you are dating the scarf because I've learned (laughs) so much from you in these short 15 minutes. It's pretty unbelievable. Thank you for that. And before I go on, and I want to make sure I don't rudely interrupt you again. No, you're good. Keep going. Oh, okay, so let's transition into the next segment 
of the podcast. And of course, that is going to be the game analysis of Real Salt Lake. And before we get into that, what I want to mention to all of you out there, the game started at 7.30. And obviously, you know, we all have we all lead busy lives. We all have things to do. But if you haven't come to an LAFC tailgate, you are missing out tremendously. The tailgates there are incredible. The 3252, the heart and soul of this club, held a food drive. Food drive that donated cans of goods and non-perishables to the unfortunate individuals that are on Skid Row. Look, we're not just about soccer. We're about, I'm sorry, football. We're about community and organization and, and family. And so the 3252 took it upon themselves to host a food drive. Now, we donated several cans of, of goods. We hope that they get well received. So the 3252, again, the heart and soul of the club, unbelievable. Now, the tailgates, equally as unbelievable. You need to come through to them because the supporters groups are outstanding. They are so welcoming, so kind, so generous. Look, they are out there at 9 a.m. They are there until the game starts. They are cheering before the kickoff. They are cheering after the kickoff. They're tremendous. There's the supporters groups. I don't want to like shout them out right now because I don't want to miss anybody and offend anybody. But I love them all. I had such a blast hanging out with each and every one of the supporters groups. And again, if you have not attended an LAFC tailgate, I highly recommend that you do. In particular, hello, that was our fourth co-host, Schmitty McMittens. I don't know if you heard him. Schmitty McMittens just made his presence felt. Our cat is totally meowing because we're all in here and not out in the living room where we normally are watching TV. So he seems like he's pretty upset about all this. Reminds me of Bond when you guys recorded with Ken. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't poop on one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Between a bunch of estrogen in the room, the last thing I need is to get pooped on by Schmitty McMittens. He happens to be an LAFC fan. You can follow him on Instagram at, at Schmitty McMittens. Yes, it's a real life thing. I'm that kind of guy, that kind of cat dad who has an Instagram site for his cat. But anyway, going back to it, the tailgate. But let's get into it. In front of a 22,000... Sellout crowd, LAFC, by the way, 21 straight home sellouts. We had an unbelievable atmosphere at the bank. And it started with our honorary falconer. Ladies, can you tell us who our honorary falconer was and what she does? So, yeah, our honorary falconer for tonight's game was Kristen Press. And for those of you who do not know who she is, she is an American soccer striker and FIFA Women's World Cup champion. She currently plays for the Utah Royals FC in the NWSL or the National Women's Soccer League. And she's also part of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Since earning her first cap for the senior national team in February of 2013, she's had more than 110 appearances and scored over 45 goals. She won a gold medal with the team in the 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup in Canada. And speaking of the women's national team... As most of you probably already know, we are going to be hosting a women's national team match. It's going to be on April 7th at 6 o'clock at the Bank of California Stadium. So, Woo-hoo! 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm super stoked to be able to cheer on our women's national team. As most of you probably do know, our women's national team has been very, very successful. A lot more so than the men's. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see them live and in person. Uh, So get your tickets now if you haven't done so. I know we're going to be there. We're going to be cheering them on. And I cannot wait. So big shout out to Kristen Press for coming out last night and being an amazing honorary falconer. She did a wonderful job, and Ollie as well. She always flies like a rock star, so that was super awesome last night, I have to say. Let's get into the Real Salt Lake game. I admit I probably was overly ambitious. I did say that we would win 4-0 with Tyler Miller getting a clean sheet. And a lot... Uh, Sorry, we have to interrupt you here. Um, Oh, okay. Panda needs to hear some words from you. So I don't get to hear the words, I was wrong very often from you and as your wife i'm gonna relish in the fact (laughs) that you have to say those words on this podcast (laughs) can you say the words can you say the words (laughs) (sighs) recorded i for all future playback i was wrong oh my god the score of the game did everybody anything else? Anything else you want to add to that? I mean, I thought we were having a soccer podcast here. I didn't know this was a therapy session. <laughs> just so you know, everybody out there just heard it. Philly said he was wrong. I'm recording. I'm putting this in the archives. It's going to be something that I will probably play back for a long time. So, anyway, ringtone. Look yeah. to bring bring up things I said during the St. Patrick's Day episode. Horse poop. Yes, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> you did say horse poop. I did during say that horse episode. poop. Yeah, clearly, maybe I need to make my own shirt that says horse poop. But yes, maybe I was wrong. No, I was clearly wrong. I was just overly ambitious because I was just as angry at Real Salt Lake ending our magical season as anybody else. My prediction was wrong. We did not win four nil. Scarf called it. He called a 2-1 win, but it didn't happen in the way that he predicted it. He, so you're saying he was also wrong? Well, yeah, of course I'm saying my, my ghost is, is also wrong. So at this point, you're saying all men that talked on this podcast previously are wrong. Are wrong. Good Lord, this is a male bashing <laughs> session. It's a, This is a takeover. We're talking about the U.S. women's national team, and all of a sudden I've got these these, these she-hulks like, verbally abusing and harassing Don't me. talk about Ollie like that. <laughs> well, Ollie's definitely a she-hulk. I mean, she's a beast in her own right. But anyway, yes, I was overly ambitious. The scoreline ended up 2-1. The way Scar predicted it, but it didn't happen the way it did. Look, we had an interesting contest. I mentioned that Real Salt Lake came in as a wounded animal backed into a corner. But as a wounded animal, they came out fighting. Now again, recapping what I said during the last pod, Real Salt Lake was without six of the normal 18 that make their roster. On, quote-unquote, the Scarf's naughty list, Marcelo Silva and Jefferson Savarino were not there due to red cards. They are now eligible to play as of March the 24th. On international duty, Albert Rusnak was representing Slovakia. Corey Baird, our American-owned Corey Baird, was representing the U.S. men's national team. Sam Johnson, representing Liberia. Can't say that Sam Johnson strikes me as a Liberian name, but yes, he was representing Liberia. And Julian Vasquez, representing the Mexican under-18 national team. But that doesn't mean that we weren't without our own players either. And it was very evident in the style of play that occurred. We had a few players that were on international duty as well. We had Mark Anthony Kay, who represented Canada. We had Christian Ramirez, who represented the U.S. men's national team. We had Peter Lee Vassell, who represented the Reggae Boys, Jamaica. We had Mohamed El Manir, who represented Libya. And, of course, we had Josh Perez, who represented the U.S. men's national team as well. 
But those weren't the only players that we were without. On our injury list, we had Alejandro Guido. Happy birthday, by the way. Being injured, hopefully you celebrated a little more than you normally would. He had a quad strain that he was nursing. And where in the world is Fito Zelaya still repping that Soleus strain? And not only that, Lee Wynn had the night off. He didn't pop up on the injury report, but because of the hamstring, he had the night off. But that doesn't mean he wasn't not representing LAFC. He was out there at Garden Grove launching his new t-shirt. I saw a lot of people out there with him. Shout out to Lee Wynn. But yeah, it clearly makes a big difference in our offensive scheme when we don't have Mark Anthony K or Lee Wynn. These guys are rocks in our midfield. Now, let's talk about the game. LAFC and Real Salt Lake, the playoff event, the playoff loss, which we needed to avenge the bank. Look, when they beat us in last year's playoff, it was Real Salt Lake's first playoff win since 2013. That final day slip up by the Carson Galaxy helped Real Salt Lake return to their ninth playoff in 11 seasons. Now, of course, we came in with a chip on our shoulder. I mentioned this earlier. It was the Avenge the Bank game. Now, let's get into the formation. LAFC lined up the way they have all season long in the attacking 4-3-3 formation. In goalkeep, we had our boys Tyler, ladies, Miller. Oh, I love that. We had Stephen Betashore returning back from his concussion protocol. We had Walker Zimmerman starting as well with Eddie Segura and Jordan Harvey in the back line. Andre Horta made his first start of the year. Finally, he comes back into the lineup. We had Edward Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Carlos Vela, Dio, and Rossi making our lineup. On our bench, we had Jakovic Silva. We had Nico Hamalainen, Javi Perez, Adrian Perez, and Shaft Brewer. Backing up the goalkeeper was Pablo Cisniega. We welcome back Shaft and Javi Perez. They were recently given to Phoenix Rising on loan, but they graced our roster as a result of our boys on international duty. Real Salt Lake lined up in a 4-5-1 formation, clearly parking the bus, depleted lineup. Of course, they had legendary Nick Romando in goal. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Last time... Oh, Scarfett, did you have something to say? I just want to say, I feel like JR missed the only Italian game to be had at the bank. Putting that many people in the back, playing that defensive formation and having one up top, packing it in like that, such Italian soccer, and the fact that it started off so chippy and that they were diving and all those fouls. Jay, you missed your Italian game. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have gone to Peru. You missed your Italian soccer. (laughs) That's hilarious. Now... Anytime we talk about tactics, I clearly know who to transition the mic over to because Scarfy, I love you, but Scarfette has a bit more knowledge in terms of tactics. But yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about the goalkeeper that Real Salt Lake started. Like I said, we're extending the episode, so you're going to get used to hearing my voice and, of course, my co-host. Nick Romando, who last time when he was at the bank, he was showered by beer in the South End during that playoff loss. The Wall of Wasatch, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, the Wall of Wasatch, in case you don't know, Wasatch is a mountain range that stretches 160 miles from the Utah and Idaho border. That nickname is given to one of the most legendary goalkeepers in the MLS. Look, this guy, and he made it very evident during the game, he owns every meaningful league record in his position. He had, as of last night, 488 games, 210 wins, 146 shutouts, 43,000 minutes played, 1,635 saves, 
If this guy plays in 12 more games, he will become the first player in MLS history to have played 500 matches. Now, with that said, I did find something interesting. Philly handed me this nice packet of stats prior to this game. And interestingly enough, in the GAA for Nick Raimondo, his GAA against LAFC in regular season matches is 4.67. And being the nerd that I am, I'm going to break that down for you real quick. God, I'm surrounded by scarf nerds. (laughs) (laughs) That means on average against LAFC, we score 4.67 goals. We should have had your call. We should have had that 4-0 kill. We should have had that shutout. The keeper for RSL that actually does some damage against us is Andrew Patina. He only only played 45 minutes against us. He played a half, and then Romando came in. Patina put up four saves against our four shots. In his non-playoff games, Romando, for our 15 shots, only saved six. Wow. Yet again... Another statistic. I have to add another segment to the show eventually. Facts by Scarfette, because I am learning <laughs> so much more than what I'm used to learning. Sorry, Scarfy. I think Scarfette's killing it today, and I hope, hopefully, you know, you listeners out there are, are thinking that as well. But we anyway, bring the nerd in different ways. You, you both definitely bring the nerd, and the, the fact that Scarf's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's clearly evident that you guys were meant for each other. But anyway, moving right along... Rounding out the rest of the Real Salt Lake lineup, we had Saucedo, who I have to say is an individual who likes to trip over his own feet. More on that later. We had Demir Kralak, who continues to be a pain in our rear. We had Kyle Beckerman, with no dreadlocks. We had Luis, Lennon, Toya, Holt, Onuaha, Herrera, and Schmidt starting. And going into the game, the first half, we again played with a chip on our shoulder. Payback game from last season's playoff loss. Heated in a physical contest. Look, this contest, this game had 34 fouls, seven yellow cards, and a red card for RSL. I said this earlier, said this on the last pod. Real Salt Lake, the crippled monkey that they were, wounded animals, backed into a corner. We mentioned the game started out physical. And of course, Everton Louise made his presence known in the fourth minute when he picked up his first yellow card. Real Salt Lake was not about to come into this game as the wounded animal that we thought they would. So he started out the physicality. And as the game went back and forth, we actually had a near goal in the 29th minute. Look, if Real Salt Lake's goalkeeper was garbage, Vela, with that unbelievable free kick that he had, would have scored his fourth goal of the season. But unfortunately, Nick Raimondo happened to put a hand on it and thwart our first golden opportunity in that game. Yeah, but that's trying to beat him on the near post. We have to look at that. The fact that he didn't set his wall up correctly or that Vela was able to curve it like that. I mean, we don't have Beckham. We have Vela. Jesus on a pitch is how I like to refer to him. And that was quite the analysis, I must say. Look, as as Scarfette continues to talk, I'm starting to blush because I'm starting to feel like maybe I need to step back from being the host of this podcast. Maybe Scarfette and the Panda need to start their own, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Feedback is definitely welcome, but that, yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Transitioning further along into the game, the first wound of the game happened to come within the 35th minute when the hated, and I say hated, and I booed the heck out of him from the Founders Club, Demir Kralak scored on a penalty kick that was caused by a very questionable and possibly invisible foul by Latif Blessing. Look, the way I saw it on the replay, Saucedo happened to trip over his own shoelace. 
Oh my gosh. I have to intervene here because I screen recorded the playback on that foul and I slowed it down and that dude straight up slipped on the ball and was falling down the second that I'm pretty sure Latif just like breezed by him. I I don't I don't agree with this foul, just so you know, and it's not just because I'm an LAFC fan, but watching it back, he totally sold that, and they weren't about to take it back, unfortunately, but I don't think it was a foul in the box. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I saw when I replayed it back, sorry, that guy was tripping on his own feet. And as Scarfett mentioned, it was very much an Italian game in that sense because there was a foul that didn't happen. An imaginary, I tripped over my own feet and all of a sudden I'm screaming for Bloody Murray. Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) We we have fun on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Bloody Murray, Saucedo tripped over his own shoelace and that set Demir Kralock up for the opening goal of the game. Now, I got to tell you this, and I'm going to shout this out in the second half, so ladies, don't interrupt me yet, but officiating was somewhat questionable throughout the course of this game. There were clotheslines that were occurring that were not being called. And then there was ticky-tack nonsense that was being whistled. I don't remember the last time I booed the refs so hard at an MLS game. Nevertheless, Latif's imaginary foul in the box with Salcedo tripping under his own feet. At this point, Latif could have passed gas and Salcedo would have fallen on himself. But that's what set up the first goal. I'm going to bring the refs perspective here for just a minute. And I want to point out that when you get a chippy game like this as a referee... You have to struggle with, do I give 20 cards? Do I be the ref that gives 20 cards? Or do I call these fouls for what they are as direct or indirect free kicks? Or do I let everyone play on? It started out as such a chippy game. And the fact that we got a yellow in that fourth minute really makes a difference. And from the referee's perspective, I'm sure he struggled to really maintain this game and to keep it a competitive match. I'm not gonna, you know, disagree with that. Yet again, another unbelievable analysis by Scarfett. I at this point I'm just ready to turn the mic over to the girls. I, I I don't know. I mean they're doing a great job. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, that you feel the same way. But yes, no, I completely agree with that synopsis. But I'll tell you this even though we went down one nil early on in the game, we didn't end the half without an answer. Because five minutes later, thanks to Diego Rossi's one-timer off a deflected shot by RSL's Toya, we equalized the game one-to-one. Diego Rossi, I got to tell you this, he didn't play the greatest game against NYCFC. Bob Bradley didn't feel so either because he ended up subbing him out really early on the game. But of course, that's going to motivate a young player. And... Diego Rossi is definitely one of the best players in the league, and we are very fortunate to have him. He ends up equalizing the game, and we end up going into the half 1-1. But there was one moment in the 41st minute where, yet again, Romano had a save on Dio's shot on goal on the right lower side of the post. That is how the first half of the game ended 1-1. Now, starting off the second half, we got really, really lucky. As much as I complain about the officiating in this game, I want to give a shout-out. The 50th minute, Salcedo scored a goal, hit a bottom right corner past Tyler Miller in the 50th minute. Now, that spectator's vantage point showed that Real Salt Lake went up 2-1. to one. But I will say, the best call of the game... <laughs> Definitely occurred in the 50th minute. I don't know if it's because the refs realized that they made a lot of crap calls throughout the course of the game, but I want to give a shout out. In fact, you know what? No. 
based on what I'm seeing to the right of me, I'm going to sit this one out. Panda, who are we giving the shout out to on this call? Oh my goodness. I could not have been more excited when I saw a female by the name of Felicia Mariscal, the female ref that raised her flag to call offsides on that goal. She was our 12th woman on that pitch that night, and we could not be more excited about what happened there. I saw the the main ref who kept, he was listening to his earpiece. He's like questioning, you know, what, what we had to go back to VAR. They had to go back and kind of figure out, was this really an offside call? And uh, absolutely, 100% was an offside call if you watch the replay. And she got it right, folks. We were so stoked to see that that goal was called back because of offsides and... Her positioning could not have been better. She was all over it. She had that call from the second it was kicked. She saw the back and forth. She owned it. And you are right. She is our 12th woman on the field. Yeah, as a female podcast takeover that this kind of is, not not 100%, we are super stoked to know that there are so many powerful women that impacted this game tonight. And she is definitely our our hero of the game. She defended the bank. She totally avenged the bank with that call, let me tell you, because this game was not going to end in a tie. And thankfully, she made sure that that wasn't going to happen. Thanks to the movie Friday, we had the term Bop Felicia become a thing in pop culture. But as a result of that offside flag that she pulled up, I'm going to say hello, Felicia. Thank you very much for thwarting Real Salt Lake's Second goal. Please come back. Come back. I want to meet Felicia. No more bye, Felicia, from this girl. No. Bye, Felicia. It's only hello, Felicia, at this point. Now, coming into the game, still drawed 1-1. Now, the second half saw the entry of three new faces into the LAFC lineup. And Scarvey's going to be so bummed that this happened. We had Javi Perez that came in for Horta in the 78th minute. At some point, we have to talk about Horta. I don't want to say he's a bust. He hasn't had a lot of time in the game but at some point we really have to have an analysis on him and a wait what are you doing as far as his playing now Horta came out in the 70th minute like I said Javi Perez came in we had Adrian Perez yes Loyola Marymount and Ontario Fury Adrian Perez made his presence felt in the 79th minute and we had one more player Coming into the game for Jordan Harvey, we had Scarf's favorite nickname, three umlauts, Nico Hamalainen in in the 81st minute. Now, the game-changing moment did not occur with Latif Blessed getting inserted in the lineup. Why? Because he started. But the obvious red card on Justin Portillo in the 84th minute, his blatant WWE-style elbow on Diego Rossi. Look, I'm going to say this. That red card made the 32-52 more ravenous than they already were. There is something very, very magical about the 32-52 when they start the Jump for LA Football Club Ole chant. Anytime that happens, it's as if Popeye was eating his can of spinach. The only thing I can think of when that Jump for LA Football Club chant starts is I had to sing. For all you out there who don't know who Popeye is, I'm clearly, clearly dating myself. But with Portillo getting sent off with that red card in the 84th minute, Nico Hamalainen in his first game for LAFC assists Walker Zimmerman in the 92nd minute with his first goal for LAFC that did not occur off of a header. And at this point, the bank is going bonkers. Yet again, we have another injury time goal that puts us in front of the opposing team. 
The bank was going bonkers. Panda, what was your viewpoint from the vantage point that you had during that game? Oh, my goodness. I have no words for what happened, only reactions. There were high fives flying around our section. There was our own little beer showers occurring as a result of us being so excited in our section. It was amazing, let me tell you. I remember at one point... When Jump for LA Football Club came on and they were they were singing and they were chanting and they were jumping, I just felt it. I'm like, we're we're gonna score. I knew that we were not gonna end this game in a tie. There's no way because if you reflect back on the game, you realize that Diego Rossi scored in the first half while that chant was actually going on. And the second it came on, I knew it was going to invigorate our boys. They had a fire lit under them that was going to cause them to do something magical. And magical, they did. I knew at that moment that, which you'll hear later in the podcast when I talk about the LA Marathon that I ran this morning, I knew that that was going to be a moment that I was going to reflect on anytime that I was feeling kind of fatigued or down or out because... I knew the moment he scored that goal, the way that I felt at that moment, I knew I was going to need to kind of tap back into that moment again because it was just so incredible. little runner's high for you, a little extra motivation. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. And believe me, again, when I talk about this in a, in a little bit, if you guys are all still tuned in, of course... I'm sure they'll be tuned in, Panda. (laughs) I totally went back to that moment a couple times. So many moments of last night's game I tapped into to kind of get me back to that. So you ran for LA Football Club? I totally ran. Run for LA Football Club, ole, ole. Run for LA Football Club, ole, ole. That is 100% accurate. I am not even going to deny that. She ran her marathon at (laughs) 4-14. And we have to point out the fact that We, last season, complained a lot about how LAFC was giving up so many goals after the 80th minute and in stoppage time. And this season, we're killing stoppage time. We're making stoppage time our place. We are owning it. We are winning it. This is our spot. We have an incredible back line, which has been something that we have complained about before in the past. But I really, really, really think that they are doing such an incredible job. There was a moment in the game where Jordan Harvey ran his heart out to save a ball from crossing the line and going out of bounds, and he kicked it back in. And it just—it was just amazing to watch him hustle that hard. And I'm like, we have such an amazing defensive line. And I, I'm so proud of these guys for what they're doing out there. And again, like you said, Nina, we are not giving up goals like we have in the past. And I think that's something that we harped on last season so much that, you know, gosh, we're, we're so ahead. We're so good offensively. And then it comes into this 90 minutes and we all tense up because we're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Like, we're not comfortable. And this game was incredible because scoring a goal in in the stoppage time minutes yeah it's a little it's a little unnerving but for some reason i i know in my heart that these guys are going to score those goals they're going to win it and you know what however they do it i'm okay with that we live in tinseltown a place where creative stories are given birth and i got to say LAFC is definitely writing a lot of unbelievable stuff 
for those Hollywood execs out there. We are the team of LA, and we end up winning two to one. Look, as far as our stat line is concerned, LAFC definitely dominated this affair. Shots on goal. 19 with seven of them on target for LAFC. As far as Real Salt Lake was concerned, three of them with one on target. Possession, we absolutely dominated the game yet again. We had 68% of our feet on that ball as to Real Salt Lake's 32%. This was an interesting statistic. In fact, there were two of them that clearly indicated we dominated this game. LAFC had 597 passes with an 87% accuracy rate. Real Salt Lake... Half of that with 297 with 70% accuracy. We move the ball substantially better than Real Salt Lake. The one category that we won in, again, was the fouls. LAFC had 18, whereas Real Salt Lake had 16. There were 34 fouls in this game. Again, a very chippy, very brutal affair. But here's the most interesting stat line. Corner kicks. LAFC were awarded 11. Real Salt Lake, Panda, how many of them did they get? Zero. A big fat goose egg, which is doesn't isn't such something that occurs on a very frequent basis. But yes, overall we dominated this contest. The only thing I will say that Real Salt Lake won in was the red card affair. Portillo, you hit and Rossi changed this game. You guys probably would have ended in a tie had you not thrown that vicious elbow. But you know what? I'm glad you did because we ended up beating you at the end of it. I also have to say they won one other stat. They won the offside stat. <laughs> they had one. <laughs> That's true. The most important one, instead of saying bye, Felicia, collectively we are going to say hi, Felicia. And that is how the game ends. Your man of the match scarf goes to Walker Zimmerman. LAFC 2, Real Salt Lake 1. Now, the next game that LAFC will have will be against San Jose on the road on March the 30th. Philly and the Panda will be in Fullerton. We'll talk more about that later. Our next home game will be on April the 13th against FC Cincinnati. By the way, congratulations on your 2-0 win against the New England Revolution. You guys are having an outstanding season. Yeah, about that, I'm actually really excited to see what FC Cincinnati brings to the Bank of California if... None of you are very much aware. FC Cincinnati has an incredible fan base. They brought a lot of their players up from the USL, and they really have brought a lot of what they were doing down there, which got them into the MLS, up to the MLS. And that's something that I think that the MLS needs. I mean, I think we are really much the pioneers on showing what a supporters group is really supposed to be like and how it really drives the team into success. So I'm kind of excited to see if FC Cincinnati is going to bring, you know, a really good supporter section to our game. They are, they're really doing a great job this year. And I think that successes with new teams in the MLS is actually such a good thing. It's only going to keep people wanting to vie for those spots within the MLS. And we've grown so much within the last just few years alone that I'm really excited about it. I am too. But that's also going to bring somebody very special and dear to my heart here in the LA vicinity. I know you're listening to this. Shout out to my buddy, Sean Murphy, who is an FC Cincinnati season ticket holder. I can't wait for you to grace the bank with your presence. The last time you were here was for the El Trafico game where we ended up in that unfortunate draw. And as much as I love you, buddy, LAFC is going to absolutely annihilate your team. But anyway, yes, the next home game, 
April the 13th against FC Cincinnati. And stay tuned. We've got an, a lot of other surprises for you by way of Philly in the Scarf and Defenders of the Bank. As my grandpa always said, en boca cerrada no entran moscas. For all of you non-Spanish speakers out there, that means basically if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And I think JR would agree that the women are always right. I agree with that as well. Unbelievable. Estrogen taking over Defenders of the Bank. Back by popular demand, and clearly there's an awful lot of estrogen in the room. <laughs> A word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back. Hopefully you all are happy with the segment that we intervened with right there. Back by popular demand, our sponsors. But we actually have quite a few sponsors for a lot of really, really cool things coming up. FC Cincinnati is going to have some really cool things featured by Defenders of the Bank. The game against the Sounders is going to have some really cool things featured by Defenders of the Bank. And the rematch against the Carson Galaxy is going to have some really cool stuff. We posted on Instagram some hints. So if you're not following us at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Defend the Bank, you are missing out on some really, really cool stuff. But anyway, the next segment that we're going to talk about, we're going to give an update on our LAFC international players, starting with Christian Ramirez. Now, Christian Ramirez on the game... Against Ecuador on Thursday, he did not feature, but there's a decent chance that he might actually earn another cap when the U.S. men's national team plays Chile on Tuesday. Next player, Josh Perez, who's featuring for the U.S. men's national team under 23 under head coach Jason Kreiss, who, if you're an MLS fan, you will know that he was the former manager of New York City Football Club. He came on in the second half of a 2-0 loss to Egypt. Yes, you heard me right. A 2-0 loss to Egypt. It's weird hearing it, just as weird as it is saying it. Now, the U.S. men's national team under 23 did play the Dutch today, but Josh Perez did not feature. Our third player that we're going to give an update on is LAFC rookie Peter Lee Vassell, who represented the Jamaican national team today. He started and played 79 minutes in Jamaica's 2-0 loss to El Salvador on Saturday. He did have one shot on goal. Next player we're going to feature, he has not played a game yet, but Mohamed Elmanir, who's representing Libya, started in Libya's loss to South Africa today. He played the full 90 minutes on that back line. And interestingly enough, our last individual that I want to highlight, who is a very integral part of our midfield, Mark Anthony Kay, who started for Canada in unchartered territory. What I mean by unchartered territory is he started as a left back. He is traditionally a midfielder for LAFC. He started as a left back. He played the full 90 minutes for Canada. He even assisted on the fourth goal in this Four to one win that Canada had. He played the full ninety. Congratulations to Mark Anthony K for earning a cap for the Canadian national team. So that is our update on the LAFC international player update. And now that segments us into our most popular yet very highly requested back segment. Our wait what, what? moment of this episode is the KVMD channel. Now, for those people that were watching at home or at work or from far, far away in other countries, the KVMD channel 
blacked out for part of the game. I heard there was some audio. I heard there were issues with it. People were not happy with this channel. They wanted it back to how it originally was. And one of the best quotes I heard was, I'm all for a blackout LA, but give the fans the channel to watch. (laughs) Who are you? Who are you? That is definitely a wait. What? Segment, and I I didn't even know that happened. I was at the game. Clearly, I wasn't paying attention to what was on TV. Unbelievable. Get your poop together, TV network. Horse poop. (laughs) (laughs) The horse poop returns. Clearly, I created a phenomenon with horse poop. I, I do not regret saying horse poop. I was powered by the St. Paddy's Day elixir. Just so you know, I did suffer from the Irish flu the next day, but yes, horse poop. That's exactly what that was. Now, let's transition into a fun segment. We talked a lot about LAFC and what was going on, but we have a couple of new co-hosts on here. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk to the panda. The panda, as well as LAFC Pat, by the way, who is a legend as far as the club is concerned, what they ended up doing today was running 26.2 daunting miles through the streets of LA. Yes, my co-host to the right of me, despite the fact that she ran 26.2 miles, still has the energy to co-host a podcast with me. Panda, tell our listeners about your journey through the streets of LA on today's LA Marathon. All right, so yes, I did run the LA Marathon this morning. It was pretty incredible. I've run it twice before. It was actually my sixth marathon that I have completed. Some better than others, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I do want to highlight, before the race ever began, I actually did run into LAFC Pat, which is pretty phenomenal considering how many people actually show up to the LA Marathon. The fact that you run into somebody that you know without trying to actually coordinate it prior to the event is pretty unlikely just because there's so many people, there's so much going on, I'm you're tired, you're really not quite awake yet. I think we got there at like 6 a.m. I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning. After cheering for LASC against Real Salt Lake, by the way. Yeah, so needless to say, the tailgating at LAFC for me yesterday wasn't near as fun it normally is. Whatever, you loaded. I saw beers in your hand. You know what? LAFC is where my heart lives, so it was certainly not going to take a backseat to what happened today. But it was in the back of my mind, I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, when I got to the LA Marathon, I was pretty excited. I actually saw LAFC Pat there. I got to give him a high five, wish him good luck, because I know that was it was his first marathon that he's ever done. It which was his first race. What are you doing running a marathon as your first race? You didn't start with a 5K. You went straight for the jugular with a 26.2. God bless you, buddy. But that's some insane poop right there. Yeah, I don't understand that at all, but good for him. Uh, I know he finished it. We chatted after the race and no that uh that he did wonderful anybody that completes 26.2 miles regardless of time is a hero in my book because I've done it six times and almost every time I've done it there's a point in the race where I'm like wait what am I doing (laughs) because it's in it's crazy oh my gosh I mean I ran from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica Pier and if any of you have ever driven that that's daunting in itself here in L.A. So, it takes about the same amount of time, too. Uh, yeah, uh, no kidding, especially in rush hour. You might have actually beaten a lot of cars running. She's pretty fast. She is. 
I can be pretty fast. Uh, today, I'm not going to say I was super fast. I've run this race before. I, actually, I think I'm about the same as I've done before. I've run it slower, but I've run other races faster. I actually forget how hilly parts of the races of the LA Marathon are, to be honest. But I was quickly reminded of them in the first half of the race. The last part of the race is actually a little bit easier, but you've kind of exhausted your legs at that point at the beginning part of the race. But it's incredible. Even if you run a 5K, you get the same kind of feeling. There's so many people that come out to these races that support you and cheer for you, people that you've never met. And I think that's why I keep doing it. I keep signing up for these races because I just cannot get over the environment of running. The people, the fans, uh, the ones that love and support you like Philly and Nina and, and the other people in my life, Brittany, Chad, who were there to support me. They had signs. It's, it's just an incredible environment. So if you love running, by all means, please sign up for a race. If you and a don't, supporters group. Yeah, and a supporters group, absolutely. And if you don't love running, go out and support a runner who is running because you do not understand how much it means to us because today's race was incredible just for that alone. I think at 21.5, <laughs> mile 21.5, <laughs> I saw somebody holding a cups of beer and <laughs> I totally ran over, grabbed one, chugged it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun today. I'm just going to go with it. And I did. And I don't regret a second of it. It was so much fun. And again, congratulations to anybody else that's listening that may have ran the LA marathon. It's an incredible feat. Be proud of yourself. Celebrate, drink that beer, order that pizza, do what you need to do to reward yourself because it's not something that a lot of people actually do because well, you kind of have to be crazy. And that's kind of what I told a security guard at the beer garden at the end of the race. Like I must be crazy for paying a lot of money to do what I just did. So, congratulations. Uh, sorry, you didn't just get one medal when you finished this. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. You walked away with two heavy weights around your neck. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, with the LA Marathon, you are able to sign up for what's called a series race. And do you hear this now? I sounded like I was uh, ringing the Will Ferrell cowbell from the... <laughs> <laughs> we need more cowbell. <laughs> yeah, the sound you're hearing, folks, is actually the two medals that I won. One of them was for the LA Marathon itself. The second was because I did a series. I did the Santa Monica 10K back in September, and then I did the Pasadena Half Marathon in January. And by completing the marathon today, it earned me this Conquer LA Challenge medal that is ginormous and believe me after a marathon the last thing you want to do is try to walk to the beer garden holding like five pounds of metal but either way I'm not going to complain I'm ecstatic I had a great time I had great support and again congratulations to anybody out there that's listening that actually completed this race or if you're out there cheering anyone else on that did do this race thank you so much for your support i hope you understand how important that part is i will say this i've run three full marathons in my life i ran the new york city marathon twice i ran the la marathon in 2017 running 26.2 miles is a very daunting task and i will say this panda 
You are my hero. I was signed up to run this race. I did the Santa Monica 10. I did the Pasadena half. But unfortunately, I threw out my back doing something that I'm very embarrassed to say. I was packing my bags to go to Australia on vacation. And I made a weird tweak and that completely thwarted my LA Marathon. I basically ate that money. But what I ended up doing was I drank a beer and hugged a panda. That was my motto for the LA Marathon. Drink a beer and hang a panda. I will say this. I am in awe <laughs> Wait, of you. you. You just said hang a panda. I don't really know if that was She's a- still with us. And earlier, I was the one that everyone was afraid of with Death Valley. I'm pretty sure my murder podcast have nothing on you just hanging me on this podcast. All right, I'm going to clearly blame a lack of REM sleep driving you to the LA Marathon and a little bit of- You didn't run. No, I didn't. I didn't run, but I, I did. I did stay up and I did drink a little. I'm not trying to hug any pandas. I wanted to say I drank a beer and I hugged a panda. <laughs> you are trying to hug pandas. What do you mean I'm not trying to hug any pandas? You said I'm not trying to hug a panda just now. You tried to hang me a minute ago, and now you're trying to not hug it. Are you sure you didn't run the LA marathon? Maybe it's because you girls are upstaging me, and I fear losing my podcast. Maybe that's why. I am afraid of not being Philly anymore. I am afraid that Defenders of the Bank is going to turn into Defenders of the Bank with Panda and Scarfettes. Because you girls are doing an outstanding job, by the way. But all jokes aside, you really are an inspiration to me. Every day I, I look at you, every day I see the the discipline, the hard work, what you do. is it, It's so inspirational to me. I am so happy to be your husband. I am so happy to call you my wife. And... I'm so happy to hug a panda. Well, I really do appreciate that. And all, for all of you that are out there listening, I know this is not a podcast about running, but if you follow the game of football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, I think you appreciate athleticism any way that it comes. And again, I, I appreciate you being able to let me tell my story about my journey today. And it was incredible. We are an all-inclusive podcast. We're going to have all kinds of guests, and I am more than happy to have Panda and Scarfette co-hosting the show with me. If you're interested in being a part of Defenders of the Bank, please reach out to us. My director of social media and public relations happens to be my co-host to the right, the Panda. So if you want to be part of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf, just reach out to us. The Panda will respond to you. We definitely want to hear your story. And on that note... I, I gotta Sorry, I got to bring out the nerd one more time. So everyone talks about soccer being a physical sport and tying it into a marathon. The average miles run per soccer player in a soccer match is seven miles with a max of 9.5. So Amanda, I think you just ran like several soccer games worth of miles. That is probably true. But I mean, seven miles is no small feat in itself. I mean, I've ran what 10K races, which are 6.2 miles and... I mean, they're running all out. They're certainly not pacing themselves very much. And uh, I have a huge appreciation for the athleticism that goes on the pitch. And I think that's why I like soccer. And, you know, just in general, the the lack of timeouts, the lack of breaks that they take, they're just really going out there, putting it all on the line for 45 minutes. And I think that's 
pretty incredible. So, I mean, yes, a marathon is daunting, a little crazy, and I keep signing up for them. Again, I'm not sure why, but... You're a sadomasochist. <laughs> but, but in terms of heroes, I want to transition this to into another hero that we want to talk about. I want to talk about LAFC fan Matt Siner. And Panda, I know you have a, a lot of emotions tied into this, being that you are a nurse and whatnot. You know, tell us about Matt Siner. I'm going to briefly just touch on his story because I really want to encourage all of you that are listening to actually visit the YouTube site and their social media to kind of get your own perspective on what's going on here because I can't tell the story better than they can and they, they do a great job of actually telling the story. But I remember last night I was uh, up in the Founders Club. I'm looking down and I it's... It's not hard to see Tyler Miller in his bright orange jersey doing anything. He's, he's very noticeable out there. And I remember watching him walk from the, you know, kind of the north end of the pitch from his goal spot over to the stands and give somebody his jersey. And I was honestly, I was very curious. I, you know, I want to know what's going on. I know there's a story down there. And uh, the reason I know this is because LAFC is a family. I think we all know that. It's a huge family. When one's affected, we're all affected. When something happens, we all feel it. We all know it. And so I kind of want to know what was actually going on, to be honest. And um, there was a picture posted today, so I was able to do a little research. And again, I'm not going to go too far into it because I really think it's important for you to take it upon yourself to go out there and do the research and watch the stories themselves. Long story short, Matt Siner is an incredible fan. Him with his wife, they are self-proclaimed LAFC fans. I know that they have their own fans within other sports that are rivals and, and differing teams, but this is a team that they've come together and adopted as their own. They're both LAFC fans. There are lots of pictures with them here at games, and it's just been really incredible for them to come to these games, and they love it. And I know a year and a half ago... He got uh, a diagnosis that uh, was basically a tumor that was found. And fast forward to this year, they got some kind of disconcerting news, if you will, about his prognosis and uh, ultimately brought in hospice. And I think their hospice um, representative asked him what it was that he wanted, you know, to kind of like what was a dream for him. And one of them was... um, you know, associated with LAFC. And I know that our team has actually um, kind of given a lot to him, as well as other sports teams as too. He's a big Washington Capitals fan from what I saw. And uh, our team gave him a signed jersey and a signed ball and uh, some pictures as well. So they were invited to come to a game and sit pitch side and They had so many amazing pictures with players, and I think Will Ferrell was over there. I know I saw one with Lee Wynn and Tyler Miller and many, many others. They they really just did a phenomenal job of making his experience at this game amazing, and I think that's all he wanted. Um, Again, if you watch their YouTube updates and find out what's going on with him, you're going to be so touched like I was. I had tears streaming down my face while I was watching his story just because as a nurse, I see a lot of people in these situations, you know, day to day and 
to see somebody with his compassion and his heart. One of the hashtags that is associated with um, with Matt is get busy living. And I think we're going to learn a lot from that hashtag. Um, I know in the previous podcast, we've highlighted a couple people that have been uh, very prolific in our lives that have, that have passed away within the LAFC family. And get busy living is such an important way to live. I know that they talked about a lot of trips that they've gone on in the last year and just really living life to their fullest. So I don't want to go too far into it. Like I've said before, I just, I want you guys to experience for yourself, but Matt Siner, our hearts go out to you and your family. We're thinking about you. We're so happy that you got to have the experience that you did at LAFC. That wasn't the only emotional part of our night that night. Um, Our hearts go out to Jonathan Williams and his family. Jonathan was 25 and we had a moment of silence for him at the game, but we want to go ahead and take another moment of silence for him right now. Jonathan was tragically hit and killed in a hit and run accident celebrating his 25th birthday with his mom and girlfriend. So we're just going to take a minute right here and have a moment of silence for our dear friend Jonathan Williams. Jonathan was a great man. He worked at HQ. He was a light in a very vibrant atmosphere but still a light nonetheless he shined so bright and we all will really miss him and our hearts go out to his family for their loss yeah I don't know if any of you noticed but I know all of LAFC HQ they were wearing shirts that uh, kind of memorialized him and we thought that was really sweet gesture by HQ to do such a thing and just seeing his family and I think his fiance was there as well And again, yeah, our hearts go out to him and again, get busy living guys. We just, you just never know. We're a family through and through. Now the team's performance on the pitch is definitely an exciting thing, but one way or another, I'm sure we're all in agreement whether or not the product on the field was the way it was. We have such an outstanding community. We are very family oriented. We give a lot back to the community. LAFC is, is so much more than a lot of the other clubs that are out there, including some of the other professional clubs within L.A. I absolutely love the family that we have. We are all in this together, shoulder to shoulder, street by street. I absolutely love this club. I love everybody that's a part of it. I love seeing somebody rocking an LAFC hat. I'll always nod. On the way to pick up my wife, the Panda, from the L.A. Marathon, I was so overjoyed to see how much LAFC swag was running down the streets of Santa Monica. It was a real, real cool thing. Now, let's transition into something else. I mentioned, and this is going to be the last part of our segment. Our next game is going to be next week against San Jose. Now, I know that we have a lot of people going up to San Jose for that game. And if you remember last year, it was quite the nail-biter, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, it was probably one of the most exciting games that LAFC has had in its history. But I do want to throw a plug in. Now, Philly and the Panda, Gazuntide Panda, Philly and the Panda are going to be down at Fullerton at the Slide Bar on Saturday, March the 30th at 1230. Now, partnered up with Troy Girls Soccer, CDA Slammers, Flock, LAFC Slammers, Crack FC, WSS, KG Customs, and of course the Slide Bar, we want to bring LAFC down to Orange County. Please join us at the Slide Bar. This is the first official watch party for LAFC 
in Orange County. Again, March the 30th. At 12.30, the slide bar happens to have the same parking lot as the Fullerton train station. I intend to enjoy myself, so more than likely, I will take the train. There will be a live rush band performing after the game. Again, LAFC is going to be represented in the OC. The bar itself can house 275 people. And interestingly enough, it's going to be more than a watch party. They are also going to have about a dozen underprivileged kids from the community Attend the party as VIP guests, highlighting the not-for-profit organization Flock, which stands for Fullerton's Love of Orange County Kids. The students will be fed, they will receive items for the sponsors, and we want to party down there and do a little bit of philanthropy. Please, if you are in the Orange County area, I'm sure this is going to be a real treat for you. Again, meet us at the Slide Bar this Saturday, March the 30th. At 12.30. And that's pretty much it. We have talked a while. It's just going to wrap up episode 14 of Defenders of the Bank. And I don't know about you girls, but this is definitely a show that I will remember for the rest of my days hosting this podcast. Did you girls have fun today? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. I hope everyone out there listening actually had fun. I know it's a little bit of a different vibe and a different episode than you're used to, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. And with that, I do have to say... This has been so much fun, but I really miss the scarf. I miss Jay. I think we all miss him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so incredibly proud of him. I know we covered this on the last podcast. I know you guys talked a lot about his scarf launch, but I'm so incredibly proud of JR. And not only that, I'm proud of you, Philly. You guys have such an incredible podcast, and I'm so honored that you guys asked Panda and I to be on it today and I had so much fun doing this with you guys and I can't wait till Jay gets back and I can't wait till the four of us reunite at the bank. Yeah and to piggyback on your comment about the scarf and his scarf launch I don't know if you know but the video promoting the scarf and the scarf launch and everything kind of highlighting his journey was actually played on the big screen at the LAFC stadium which I recorded so that was really cool to see him up there and see how passionate he is about about the cause, about kick childhood cancer. And it was such an amazing turnout because of all the fans out there that are listening. So thank you so much again for everybody out there. Um, I really hope that that scarf can uh, rear its head again at a later date, to be honest. Jay, I'm so proud of you. Forever plus two days. You're doing amazing. I love you so much. Get back from Peru. I don't envy the fact that you are chasing kids around Lima and Machu Picchu, but I do miss you, buddy. One thing I will say, if you are following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, we have unleashed a couple of little hints as to what we will be doing. Look, Defenders of the Bank, we formed an LLC. We are an official corporation. Woohoo! Philly and the Scarf are employees number one and two. Our director of social media and public relations is the Panda. Our director of merchandise and sales happens to be Scarfette. Our creator of web content and website is in the other room. His name is The Chad. We have five employees for this corporation. We are going to bring you so many important and fun things, including a partnership with Riley's Brewing Company. I will not say anything more. Just keep following us on social media. You will understand. There will be a Defenders of the Bag canopy. I've been asked this many a times. When are we going to have more pins? Well, I'll tell you this. We have a boatload of pins in the traditional black and gold color as well as several other colors. We have 
Defenders of the Bank scarves. And we have advertised that Support Los Angeles Soccer sticker. Stay tuned. They will be unleashed shortly within the next couple of weeks. Now, this does conclude episode 14 of Defenders of the Bank with Philly, the Panda, and Scarfette. As we always sign off, what we're going to do collectively is we are going to say on the count of three, one, two, three. Bye-bye.